Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. I'm so glad to see you guys this morning. Welcome to Victory. You are in the right place today. Come on, I believe that. My name is Pastor Chris, and I'm the pastor here at Victory. I'm so glad to see you guys. You guys are looking good. Come on. I got my new jacket on. You guys like that? Easter is that day, right, where we go shopping. We come out looking our best. Y'all looking nice. Come on. Tell your neighbor, say, you're looking good. Be careful. Make sure if you're single that that single person sitting next to you, you know, don't, you know, you get their number after service, after service. Well, it's good. it's good to have fun in church. I'm so glad to see you guys celebrating with us on Easter today. And uh, as we start today, I want to do something a little different. On your seat when you came in, there's this white card like this. Some of you are like, what? It's because you're sitting on it right now. Just pull that thing out right where you are. I want to just uh, take a minute. If you would, just each and every person, whether you're on the team or whether you're visiting or whether you've been here for, you know, all day or whatever, would you just take a moment and just fill that out, just one per person. It just helps us keep our records updated. I want to communicate with you in the best way possible. I'm not going to hassle you. I'll give you my hassle-free guarantee. I'm only going to communicate with you when it's important. I'm not going to flood you with spam and all that stuff because nobody likes that. So it just uh, helps us to communicate with you best. So if you can do that, and I want to, what I want to really highlight is at the bottom of this card is a place for prayer requests. And I want to let you know that and it's an honor for us to pray with you and, and let you know that each and every one of these cards is prayed over individually. We don't just take them as a lump and pray for them as a group. We get together every week. We pray over all the requests that come in. But man, I want you to know we are praying with you. You're not alone in this thing. You're not out there in life just, I guess I just got to figure it out. No, we're, you're not alone unless you choose to be. And you can. You can choose to be. But, man, it's just better to do life with family. And so I just encourage you, you know, if you've got something in your life, if you've got something big, small, whatever it is, just take a moment and write it on there. It's our honor to pray with you and stand with you. And I just want you to know that that's, that's important to us. If you turn that over on the back side, you'll see this 2018 Easter survey. And uh, this is actually really, really important to us. Um, it's not a gimmicky thing that we do, you know, but it's actually really important to us. And it's actually your chance to influence kind of what's presented from this church. Um, so that first question on there is, I'd like to hear messages on what the Bible says about. And then I, I, I gave some suggestions on there, but what would really help us the most is if you would just fill in those blanks, those blank lines. And the purpose for this is because I want to make sure that the messages that I'm bringing to you and that what we're doing as a church, you know, passes your who cares test, right? Right. That was a good message, pastor. And then Monday comes and you're like, who cares? Like, I want to make sure that God is speaking to you in a way. So give me what you're going through. Tell me what's going on in your life. Tell me the questions you have so that we can begin to let the spirit of God speak to us and bring answers and bring clarity and bring direction in those areas of our lives. And it can begin to actually have meaning in our lives and, and bring change. So if you'd fill that out, same on question number two, what service time works best for you? See, it's, it's great that we gather all together, you know, every Easter. You know, some of you, you know, we saw at Christmas and, uh, you know, so we just see in today and that's great. I'm so, th- I'm so thankful for that. But the church is here to serve you and your family. So just letting us know, like, what are the best times that work for you? 
so that we can offer things that work in your schedule. And so if you can just take a minute and fill that out, and that, that would be super helpful to us. And you can just put it in the bucket later in the service when it comes by. That would be super great to us. And some of you are today like, I'm not even playing along. Just, just give me the empty card back. That's cool. We cool, all right? <laughs> well, before we get into the message, why don't we just take a minute and pray. Is that all right? Yeah. All right, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this day, God. We thank you for your presence, God, that you're not this guy in the sky, the big guy upstairs, just far off and distant, but in fact, you're right here with us. You're right here with us right now, so we thank you, Jesus. We just give you thanks, God, that you would see fit to save us. While we were sinners, while we were mad at you and far from you, that you would love us so much to give us your first and your best. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. So God, we just pray in this moment as we're gathered together in your name that you would speak to hearts and minds in this place, that where the enemy has lied lied to us and tried to trap us, that there would be freedom in this place, that the voice of the enemy would be silenced. Lord God, that as your word is proclaimed, that it would go deep down inside of each and every heart, that it would take root and out of it would produce good things, would produce fruit because we are good ground. And everybody said, Amen. amen, amen. Well, Easter is a great day. I'm, I'm so thankful to celebrate it with you guys. And I, I want to start off with this verse today, Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. I love this verse for Easter because it really kind of brings out the power of what Easter is, right? It says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. It lives in you. That means the, the spirit of God, the power of God, all the power that it took to get Jesus' body out of that grave It's in you. It's a lot of power, y'all. Come on. When was the last time you raised a body from from dead to life? Come on now. All that power is inside of us. That means one thing. That means that resurrection power, all that power, it wasn't reserved just for Jesus. It wasn't a one-time thing. Scripture is telling us that that power, that same power is inside of each and every one of us. Right? It's available to us. That's why we don't have to celebrate Easter. We can celebrate Easter, and we are celebrating today. Isn't that what the world does? We all celebrate Easter, and then we go, and then we're done, and we go back to our regular lives. That's not the way God intended for it to be. We don't have to just celebrate Easter. We can have Easter. We can experience Easter resurrection power in our lives. Watch this next part. Just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, I love this part, it says, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. The same way that we're celebrating today. The same way we're celebrating that God raised Jesus from the dead. He will. He will give that life to us. It's not He might. It's not He maybe. It's not if He's not mad at me today or if He doesn't want to smite me today. No, 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 no. It says He will give that power to us by the Spirit living inside of us. That's a good place to say amen. Come on. It's all right to holler back at your boy this morning. Come on. See, Easter is a celebration, but it was never meant to just be singular. It was never meant to be one and done. In fact, we're carrying the resurrection power of Jesus inside of us everywhere we go. 
That's how God intended. He intended for his power to come inside of us to resurrect our dead things, that our spirit would come to life, that the dreams that we dreamed of that seemed dead and cast away would come to life when his power comes inside of us. The things that seem to never work out, that when God's resurrection power comes inside of us would come to life so that we would be full of his spirit and his power. And then everywhere we go, that resurrection power would ooze out of us and affect the environments around us. It would affect the lives of people around us. And just because we walk into the room and God's spirit is with us, no one would ever be the same. Come on, that's the power of resurrection right there. The resurrection power of Jesus inside of us gives us the power to close the gap between where we are in our lives and where we want to be. Between the place where we can't figure things out, can't make things work, and the place where God has promised us all these things and the places we want to be, right? There's a gap there, isn't there? So many times, and we're all aware of those gaps in our own lives, right? I know i got gaps in my lives. Anybody else in this place have gaps? We're aware of these gaps, right? Where we, want to, where we are and where we want to be. The problem is, is that so many times we try to close the gap on our own without God's help. And we know the end result, it don't work. It just ain't going to work that way. <laughs> we try to do it that way. And man, that's why so many people get to the point in their lives where they're like, well, church is just this thing on my checklist. I got to do it so big guy's not mad at me. It's just an hour I got to fill on Sunday morning. God, I guess I better say a prayer today so I make sure like I still got that, you know, fire insurance purchased. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are going to get that on the drive home, and you'll be like, oh, that was a good joke. That was. I got more. If you're not careful, you gotta, you got to be careful. <laughs> it's good to have fun in church. Honestly, for me, that's where I was in my life. I found myself at this place in life where I was just going through all the religious stuff. That's where I was, and it became that thing for me. I was like, well, i got to do all these things to make sure. Make sure God's not mad at me. It's just got to fill up this hour on Sundays. And I just was at that place. And I, would, I just finally got to the point in my life where I was just, I was done. You know what I'm talking about? Where just I'm like, I'm spent. I'm, I've tried everything. I've tried to fill this gap with everything I can find. I've tried to figure it out, think my way through it. I've tried everything I can. And I, I'm just exhausted of trying to do it. I can't figure it out. And nothing seems to be closing this gap. In fact, I feel further from where I want to be than when I started. What is going on? And I just came to the point where I experienced the power of God for myself. I just experienced his power in my life. And it just changed everything. Now I don't see church that way. I see church totally different. I see it as, man, our lives will never be different unless we go on a vibrant spiritual journey with God. It's the only way. It's just the only way we'll see this gap shorten. We'll see our lives change when we begin this journey with God. But too many times I think we try to bypass a lot of the journey, right? (laughs) We want to start here. All right, I received Jesus. Now I want to be there. I want to be an apostle now, right? I was a long jumper and a triple jumper in high school. And, uh, you know, that's where you jump from one place and get as far as you can. Too many of us are trying to do that spiritually. But that's not actually the process that Scripture lines out for us to live in this life. The process is actually steps, just step by step. Every day, I'm taking another step. I'm just taking another step on my journey. I'm another step closer to God, another step towards where he's calling me. I'm just taking a step. And that's the process that God is calling us to. That's what's outlined in scripture. That's what Jesus showed us in his life. You don't believe me? Let me show it to you. 
I gotta find my scripture. I got a little off. I got a little ahead of myself, but that's all right. I'm gonna tell it to you anyway. It's from First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-one. In the message paraphrase, it says this: it "says This is the kind of life you've been invited into." So you're wondering, like, what is this all about? This is what it's all about: the kind of life that Christ lived. See, he's showing us this is the this is the way that the Christ lived. This is the way we're supposed to live. The person who Jesus was, he modeled it for us. So watch this next part. He suffered everything that came his way. He went through Friday. He went through Saturday. He went through Sunday. He went through the death, the burial, the resurrection. Why did he do that? So that you could know it could be done. Isn't that good to know? Like, y'all, you can do it. It can be done. Tell your neighbor, say, you can do it. Tell your other neighbor, say, I guess you'll do it too. Come on. So that you can know it could be done and also know how to do it step by step. It's a process, y'all. We're just supposed to be taking steps. Each day I get up, God, help me take that step today. I'm not trying to take 10. I'm just going to take one step today. Take another step on my spiritual journey with God. This is where God has called us to be. That's when the power of the resurrection comes in our lives. It enables us not to live by all the things going on in the chaos in life, but it enables me to begin to live my life and take steps of faith in my journey so that I can each day get closer to God. Amen? Amen? Well, as I thought about this life that... Christ modeled for us, I began to wonder then why the gap, right? When Jesus died on the cross on Friday, he wasn't resurrected until Sunday, so there's three days. Why the gap? Why three days? Anybody ever wonder that? I, I, I do. I'm a why person. I like to figure things out. And so as I began to think about this gap, you know, like, because in reality, God could have come and, you know, if he was to come and die on the cross for us to give his life for us to pay for our sins and then be go to hell and, and come back from hell and conquer all that stuff. Why did he take him that Saturday? Couldn't he have just like died on the cross and then the next second, like be resurrected already? Let's get this thing over with. He's infinite in power. Like, couldn't he have done that? But so but yet there was this gap. And I, I begin to wonder and I begin to think more about this gap. Like there's something on Friday that he was trying to teach us. There's something on Saturday he was trying to teach us. There's something about Sunday he was trying to teach us, right? Because we know from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, that he says he's here to show us step by step how to live this life. So there must have been a purpose in everything that he went through, right? There must have been something he wanted to teach us. There must have been a lesson in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. So what is it? So today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write a few things down. I want to talk about this process and the three days to resurrection, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. For us, I call Friday the day of pain. Some of us are in the Fridays of life. <laughs> We're in a day of pain right now. It's the obvious one, right? Because we know the story. We know the scene. We've seen movies. We've seen pictures. We've heard the story of Jesus and his torture, his being nailed to the cross, the crown of thorns. We know that. We know the picture. This day of pain. And it's interesting to to note that, you know, I mean, God could have picked any point in history to send Jesus. And yet, for some reason, he picked the point in history when capital punishment was the absolute worst. It was the worst. The Romans, uh, history records that the Romans took pride in perfecting the, the process of execution to cause ultimate pain and humiliation. It was the absolute worst. See, Jesus was to come in 2018, y'all. He would have been lethal injection. That's how he would have paid for our sins with lethal injection, right? Because that's, that's what we do in our country. But God picked the point in human history when it was the worst. It was the absolute worst. Why would he do that? 
Why would God pick that point? I believe because God picked that point so that as Jesus went through and suffered everything, that he knew that one day we would go through this day of pain, and he is a God that can relate to our day of pain. He's not this God up there who's like, oh, that's good. I'm sorry you're dealing with that. No, he can relate to every single pain that we're dealing with because he experienced everything that we've been through. He experienced every pain on our level that we went through so that he can relate to us, so he can say, that's right. I know it's hard. I'm going to help you with this. He experienced everything on the same level that we did to help us through our day of pain. For many of us, we come uh, to church, you know, so many of us are looking nice, looking fine and fancy on Easter Sunday. Everything's looking good on the outside, right? Yeah, everything's looking good. And something about when you turn into the church parking lot, you know, there's that little switch that flips, right? You're like, what do you mean? Like, you know, when you turn into the church parking lot, when you were yelling at your kids, all of a sudden you're like... Everything's good. You know, before you were like, oh, just, just another day. And then somebody's like, how are you doing today? I'm blessed, brother. Things are going great. Like everything changes, right? It's just the way it is. Everything changes. But if we're truthful, like on the inside, we're struggling with that pain. We've got hurts. We're dealing with things. And we're just trying to cover it up so that nobody knows. And if you were to sum it up into a word, the word I would use is war. You feel like you're in a war, in a battle, and it just feels like things are raging around you and there's no end in sight. It's just a war, the day of pain, Friday. As I thought about Jesus and what he endured and the different types, uh, I made a list and I want to share those with you because maybe you'll relate to some of these types of pain that Jesus dealt with. The first one is obvious, the physical pain, right? The physical pain of the beating that he took, the torture that he took. All those physical things that he did. Scripture says he was beaten beyond recognition. Like you couldn't point him out and say, oh, that's Jesus. That's how bad he was physically beaten. Truth is, is many of us have physical pain in our own bodies. The problem with that is, you know, obviously it hurts. But after time, the more we have that, it begins to just wear on us. Like sucks the life. It sucks the hope out of us. And we just become, become downtrodden and burdened. And it begins to like get into our soul. You know what I mean? Like it just gets down into our soul. And it like becomes this inner sickness as well. It's just this physical pain. And if that's you today, you just need to understand that Jesus totally gets it. He went through and experienced every kind of pain that we can imagine. And he totally gets it. In fact, scripture says he was beaten and crushed for our healing. It says the stripes that he took, the physical act of him receiving pain was for your healing. Jesus totally gets it. Totally gets it. You might not have thought about this kind of pain with Jesus, but that's emotional pain. Jesus experienced emotional pain, y'all. I know we don't think about it because we see Jesus with the crowds, preaching to the crowds. He looks all pretty with his brown, curly hair, you know. And even when we see him on the cross, right, he's up there on the cross. We see pictures of, you know, people around him weeping and crying. But that's not what the scene was, right? The crowds, the same crowds that were there listening to him teach were the ones that were shouting, crucify him. The same, those same people were then walking by him, spitting in his face, jeering at him, saying, hey, if you're the son of God, why don't you get off that cross and save yourself? Scripture says he was despised, he was rejected, he was a man of sorrows. He experienced emotional pain. I can imagine even as a kid, the kid's making fun of him. Hey, this is the kid who was born in a barn. His mom wasn't even married when he, she got pregnant. Like he experienced emotional pain, you know. 
Some of you came in today smiling on the outside, but on the inside, you've got that, you're dealing with that emotional pain. There's hurt. Some of you are dealing with struggling, wrestling with depression. You feel like that. It's like it's a wrestling match with depression, and it's always pinning you down, and you can never seem to get rid of that thing. It's just it's trying to envelop you and overtake you. you. Some of you are feeling betrayed. You're feeling overlooked, and it just hurts. It's that emotional pain. And I'm just telling you, Jesus totally gets it. He understands what it's like. Sometimes we have a relational pain, relational pain. Some of you are single in this place. Where are my single people at? Oh, come on. Where's the rest of my single people at? You guys are holding out on me today. Jesus knows what it's like to be single. In fact, Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted as a single person, right? Hebrews 4 verse 15 says he was tempted in just some of the ways that we are. No, it says he was tempted in every way that we are, yet he did not sin. He totally gets what that's like. I know some of you right now are like, well, that's good, Pastor, but Jesus don't know what it's like to be married. He ain't got to deal with this woman. <laughs> but can I just remind you of the scripture that says that the church, we are the bride of Christ. Jesus is, our, is the groom. Jesus knows even what it's like to have his bride cheat on him. Because I don't know about you guys, but I've missed it at some point. We've all missed it at some point. Jesus had relational pain. I think it's encouraging to know that Jesus had a crazy family. <laughs> now, I, I just need to tell you, at this point in the service, you know, all of us have crazy families surrounded by us. Just keep those elbows right here. None, don't, be, don't be doing this. Don't be going like, mm-hmm, you better. Just, just keep it locked in right here, especially right now. I don't want you to be in trouble over Easter dinner, right? Just, just keep it right here. And some of you are wondering, like, you're, you already in your mind, you know the crazy people in your family. You're like, that person and that person. Some of you are like, oh, who's the crazy person in my family? If you're wondering, that's, it, it's you, okay? <laughs> if, you're, if you don't know, you are the crazy person, just so you know. <laughs> but Jesus, he had a crazy family too, y'all. So it's good to know, like, you ain't alone. He had a crazy family. His brothers and sisters, they weren't the Jesus fan club. They weren't out there telling everyone, you better listen to my bro. He always got about to drop some spiritual bombs on you. You need, you need to listen especially. Like they weren't doing that. In fact, they were, uh, there's a story in the Bible where his brothers and sisters came in front of the crowds and were pulling him away, telling everyone he's crazy. He's lost his mind. Whew. He totally gets it. He totally gets it. Why does, that, why does that stuff even matter? Because some of us are in the Fridays of life right now feeling pain and you're wondering what's going on you're wondering what's going on see i believe there's a lesson that we can learn from what jesus is showing us even in the day of pain in romans 8 28 it says this it says we know that god causes everything all of our pain everything that we go through in life all of our shortcomings everything that happens everything works together for the good of those who love god and are called according to his purpose for them see god knows how to take something terrible and flip it He's the original flipper flop right there. He's going to flip that thing and make a right? He knows how to take things that are dead and bring them to life. God knows how to take our day of pain and put purpose in it. See, there's no pain that God's purpose cannot redeem. So if you're in the Fridays of life, you just need to know that right there. I'm going to say it again. There's no pain that his purpose cannot redeem. That means that God takes something painful that we're going through. It's not just in vain. We don't just struggle through painful things just because, you know, there's 
people being mean to us. It's not in vain. We can take it that way, and we can allow life to just tell us that, well, this is just something you're just going to have to deal with. And we can allow pain to just seep in and sink into our lives and cause us to be bitter. We can allow it to overwhelm us and cause us to be depressed and need to be on pills. But I'm telling you, Jesus came to deliver you from depression. He didn't intend for you to live your life on medication so that you can feel better. Jesus came to give life to your dead things. Come on, I'm preaching 77% better than y'all are amen in this morning. He came to bring, put purpose in the midst of our pain. There's freedom, there's healing in Jesus. There's victory in him. There's something better than what you're experiencing right now. Something better. See, the truth is most of us are not in the Fridays of life. Some of us are in the Fridays of life. Some of us are in the Saturdays of life. Saturday is this weird day, right? When we think about the Easter weekend, we have Good Friday. Everybody knows about Good Friday, right? Jesus died that day. And then you have this day, Saturday, in the middle. And then, you know, we know about Sunday. We're celebrating Easter, resurrection this morning. But what about Saturday? It's this weird day. Nobody celebrates Saturday. Like, woohoo! It's the day after Good Friday, right? Nobody does that. And it's the opposite. Like, parents are panicking, trying to get to Target, make sure I got enough candy for my Easter bath. Where's the Easter grass? Oh, my goodness! Right? It's this day in the middle of, like, and if you've been to Waterford, you know that there's confusion on, on Saturday at Waterford. I called Saturday the day of confusion. The day of confusion. See, you have to remember the disciples, they, were sitting, they weren't sitting around going, hey, brothers, cheer up. It's one more day till Easter. Come on, guys. We just, we just need to hold on one more day. Nobody was doing that, y'all. Nobody. Nobody was doing that. In fact, Jesus had told them, I'm going to be taken, I'm going to be killed, and I'll be resurrected on the third day. Pretty, pretty specific, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Scripture says they didn't understand. They forgot all about that. They're there on this Saturday freaking out, wondering, hiding, because they're afraid the Romans are going to come for them next. They, they weren't looking for the next day. And if the word for the day of pain is war, the, day, the word for this day, the day of confusion is waiting. That word, waiting, ah, we don't like it, do we? It doesn't set right. It kind of makes it like, waiting, are you serious? Give me something else. I'll do anything but wait, Right? That's why when, you know, a, a faster phone comes out, right, we got to get in line because I can't wait for three more seconds for this, you know, junk mail to download so I can delete it faster. Right? I got to get the 4G. The 3G is not fast enough. I can't wait around. Like, we can't wait. Waiting just doesn't set right with us, right? But some of us are actually in that place where we're waiting. We're like, oh, I hate being in this place where I'm just stuck. I've been through this day of pain. I know about this. I know God has promised me something better. And I just, I'm just stuck here waiting. I can't figure it out what's going on. Some of us are in this day of waiting right now. We're just stuck in this place. What happens when we're stuck is we tend to do some crazy things. Right? Confusion sets in and causes us to do things that aren't are right. When we're stuck, many of us, we feel confused. One of the things we want is we want answers. I don't know about anybody else. I'm a why person. I like to know why. Take things apart. Why does this work? Why is this not working? I want to know the answers to things. Anybody else in this place like to know why? And sometimes it's like, God, even if you don't fix it, just tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> right? I just, just tell me, please. Right? I just want to know why. And in fact, I have a list of questions when I get to heaven to ask some people. Yeah, yeah. It's about to get real in this place. 
I got some questions that I'm going to ask for God because there's a lot of good information in the Bible and there's everything in there. But there's a few things I just, it leaves me wondering about, right? Like, I got some questions for God. I'm going to ask him and then I'm, I'm going to ask him, God, can I just watch a movie of the history of the world? Because I just, I can relate that way. I want to see how it happened. Like, I just, I, I think that'd be interesting to see. I'm going to, I also wonder, like, maybe some of you have thought this before. Like, don't you want to know, like, did, did Adam have a belly button? Come on. Brother, lift up that shirt. Let me see. I want, you got a belly button in there? Some of you are wondering, and you're like, what? Where did I come today? You are in the right place. I got a question for Noah. You know, sometimes we're like, bro, why? Noah, seriously, why, bro? Why did you not just smack those two mosquitoes and get it over with for the rest of us? It would have saved us a lot of itching if you just just gone ahead and smacked them right there. <laughs> Oh, man, I'll laugh at my own jokes. I like it. <laughs> why, why, why? We have to know why so many times, but can I just, didn't I just give you some freedom in this moment? That question, why, it's just a three-letter question. You're just not going to get the answer to this part of heaven, this side of heaven. But every day, we, people die in their wives. You can die in your wives. And people do. You can camp out there. You can stay in your wives. You can let it overtake your life. Or you can let God's resurrection power come into your lives and settle that why. I'm not going to get that answer, God. I'm, I'm totally satisfied. Right? See, we want to know why. The other thing that happens is we begin to doubt. When we're in the state of confusion, we begin to doubt. Right? The disciples weren't, they weren't having a party like one more day, one more sunrise, and then we're there, guys. We'll be celebrating. You know, they weren't doing that. They, they were doubting. One disciple doubted so much, his name has changed. His middle name is now his first name, right? His, his, this word is eternally attached to his name, Doubting Thomas. Doubting is now his first name. Thomas is his middle name, right? It's eternally. It was Jesus was even standing there in his resurrected body, standing in front of the dude. And he's like, I won't believe it. Show me the marks in your hand. Show me the hole in your side, then I'll believe it. Like he was doubting. He wasn't like believing Jesus coming back. He was doubting, right? He was doubting. Many of us have been in church so long. We've been so familiarized with God and scripture that doubt just creeps in so easy. I just don't even know if this is going to work out. I'll pray, I guess, but I just, I'm just, I'm just not sure I'm going to see anything. We've let doubt creep into our lives. It's saturated because we just become stuck in this journey. We don't see a way out. If we don't solve the doubt, leads us to this next place where we give up, right? One of the disciples gave up so much he committed suicide. Another disciple, Peter, he gave up. He left the ministry. He went back to his original job. He went back to fishing. He was given up. He gave up. He wasn't looking forward to Sunday. He just gave up. And the one I hear so often is that on this day of confusion, I feel alone. Maybe some of you are feeling that today. I feel like there's people all around me, and yet I feel alone. There's no one for me. No one understands what I'm going through. God, where are you? God, I can't feel you. Are you even, are you even around? Do you even care about me? We just feel alone. It's a trick of the enemy to try to isolate us and pull us on our own, make us think that we're all by our own. But see, if our way to get out of the day of pain is to allow God's power to work in us, to see the purpose in it, then how do we get out of this day of confusion? See, what I've learned through Scripture and through life is that when I actually feel far from God, instead, I'm going to be drawn to Him in worship. 
See, we're always faced with a choice. You can go one or two directions, and the choice is up to yours. I'm just, I just want you guys to know there's a better way. There's just, there's more than, there's a way out of what you're currently experiencing. See, I can, I can just always be in this place where I'm like, God, I guess, I guess you're there somewhere. God, do you hear me? God, I feel so far away from you. But instead, instead of letting those feelings override us, we can instead be drawn closer to him in worship. See, Scripture says, draw close to me, and here's his promise, I'll draw close to you. As I, I thought about this, I uh, wanted to just be open and share something from my life where I experienced this in my own life, if that's all right with you this morning. Um, me and my wife, Heather, we have uh, our daughter, Bella. She's running around helping in the kids' area today. But we had a, a second daughter as well. Her name was Gabriella. And um, she, uh, when she was born, she had some heart complications. And um, she ended up passing away at 48 days old. And... Um, It was the hardest time of my life. It was, it was, it was the worst. <laughs> Nobody can prepare you for that. Nobody can say enough nice things to you for that. And I heard it all. But I just remember the, those moments. I mean, I can, when I, I, I can see it like it was yesterday in my mind. Like I remember standing there with Heather. We're standing there holding each other. I'm holding Bella. Bella was three. And we're just there crying. Just, I mean... We had nothing. We had no hope in that moment. We had nothing, nothing. We are just standing there crying, just crying. And I remember just, God, why did this happen to me? This isn't supposed to be part of my plan. This isn't my story. Why is this going on? See, because I had I'd been praying. I'd been seeking God. I'd been doing everything that I thought he had spoke to me to do. I'd done everything. God, where are you? Why is this going on? I just remember in that moment, Heather's uncle was there. We are all just huddled together, just, just crying. And he said, he said we're going to worship God in this moment. And I, I, I was like, no. I, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not worshiping you, God. I know that's not very spiritual. That's not very pastoral. I wasn't a pastor then. But that's just where I was. I, just, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not. But in that moment, we did. We just gathered together and we sang. We worshiped God in that moment. And it was probably the worst sounding song ever in history. Because we were just all crying and trying to sing this worship song. It was nothing fancy. There was no lights, no band. Just broken people singing to God. And I just, I just remember the more that we began to sing, sing man, his presence was there. His presence filled up that hospital room. And I'm just here to tell you that there's no confusion that his presence cannot calm. There's nothing in this day of confusion that his presence is scared of. There's nothing in this confusing, stuck place that his presence cannot bring peace to. See, Scripture says he came to bring peace to us. Peace that passes all understanding. That means you can't explain it in human logical terms. And I experienced that for myself. Like people were coming up to me, like saying, "Like, will you? I heard what's going on with you. Will you pray for me? I'm just, I'm just so distraught. I'm like, bro, this happened to me, and I, you want me to pray? Because I was walking in peace. I had, I had peace in my life, and you couldn't explain it any other way except that God had done something in my life. He had brought peace in the midst of the storm. See, God had, had in this time of pain, He had begun to redeem the purpose because in this place 
we had the opportunity to share the love of Jesus with nurses, with doctors, with surgeons, people that I never would have been able to talk to had I not gone through and walked through the situation. See, I could have retreated. I could have enveloped into myself. In fact, studies show that 80% of people who lose a child are divorced and their lives are ruined. 80%. I could have gone that path. But instead, in that moment, I chose to worship God. And in every moment thereafter, every time that would come, I'm singing, I'm pulling my car over, I'm worshiping God, whatever it took to experience God's presence. See, that's what it's going to take for you to do something different. You can let that thing overwhelm you, or you can take a bold step and say, God, I need your presence right now. And his presence will rush in. He's the prince of peace. He will bring everything that you need in that moment. So we have to put our whys behind us sometimes and allow his presence. And I'm just telling you, I'm just satisfied in his presence. I'm just satisfied there. In Psalm 73 Asaph is writing, and he's writing about how the wicked seem to be prospering and the righteous are struggling. Anybody ever thought that before? I'm raising my hand first. I've had that thought, and he actually writes these phrases. He says, surely I've kept your promises in vain, Lord. Like, God, I've done everything I could do to follow you, to keep your promises, to do the right things. And for what? Why? I'm still struggling. He writes this in verse 16. He says, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. He's stuck in Saturday until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I finally understood their destiny. See, as soon as I got close to God, I might not have got my questions answered, but I had peace. As soon as I entered into God's presence, I might not have understood everything, but I had hope again. As soon as I begin to worship, man, the devil hates it. He has to flee. The power of God will come in his presence and everything changes everything changes in that moment everything changes so if you're here today in the fridays of life god doesn't want you to be stuck there if you're here today in the saturdays of life god doesn't want you to be stuck there either god wants you to be on this journey with him moving forward taking steps getting us to this place of sunday right sunday man sunday the day of resurrection Come on, the day where dead things come to life. The day where those dreams you had that you thought were dead and over that never seemed to work out, that God's power is resurrecting them inside of you right now. Those things that, yeah, come on now. It's the day of resurrection, the power of Jesus. It's the day of resurrection. And see, Sunday is available to us. It's available to us every day. It's not reserved for Sundays. It's with us. God's power is in us. If the word for Friday is war and the word for Saturday is waiting, then Sunday is all about winning, baby. We are winning, right? Through Christ, we are more than conquerors, right? Through Christ, we are overcomers, right? An overcomer goes out. I might not have an army behind me. I might not have, excuse me. It's my third sermon today. I might not have an army behind me. I might just have one horse. But baby, I am riding out into that thing because I am an overcomer. Ain't nothing going to bring me down because I have Christ in me, the power that raised Christ from the dead. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Come on, it's about winning. You're like, Pastor, that's the one I want. Sign me up for that one. I'm with you on that. But see, how do we get there? How do we get to this place of resurrection? I can tell you it's found in only one word, and that word is Jesus. 
Come on, I got to rewind and do that again because I don't think y'all heard what I said. See, the way for us to live in this resurrection power is through one name, it's through one person. See, it's not through anything else, it's not through perfect church attendance, it's not through having the biggest Bible under our arms or saying all the right things or trying to get every action right. It's only found in the person and the name of Jesus. That's the only way for us. Come on, let's give him some praise in this place today. That was better, that was better. Come on. And the good news is that Jesus isn't just offering resurrection to you like, here you go. Like, no, Jesus is resurrection. In John 11, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And say this together, the one who believes in me, that one will live. That one will live. Even though their physical body dies, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? See, that's what we've got to do today. We've got to take that step and say, yeah, I believe Take another step on my journey with God. God, I'm going to take that next step with you. I'm, I'm believing in you. I'm believing in you. Today I want to close with this verse from Philippians chapter 3. Invite the band to come back up here. Philippians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul is writing. He says this. He says, I want to know Christ. See, this word know here is not like mental knowing, like I know the score of the game or I know this or it's this word that he uses is it means like intimate personal relationship. I know I want to know Christ personally. I want to know him as my friend. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. The truth is, is that Paul had some the, the writer here, Paul, he had some Fridays and Saturdays in his life, too. He had those things going on. He continues and writes this. He says, I want to suffer with him Friday. I want to share in his death Saturday. Why, why would we want to do that? So that one way or the other, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. That's Sunday right there. But the truth is, is that you can't have any of that. You can't have the, the power of the resurrection, any of that without the first part. I want to know Christ. Just You can't have it without knowing him personally, having that relationship with him. Where it's you and him, he's your friend. He's walking with you on the journey. It's not like, here, go on this journey by yourself. No, he is Emmanuel. His very name means God with us. He is with us on this thing.